Welcome back to another episode of the Broncos Avenue Podcast. I'm your host, Amir Farrow, with my co-hosts, J-Mac and Jordan. On another episode today, going over the Denver Broncos Week 6 loss against the Kansas City Chiefs. The Broncos fall to 1-5 after a pretty... uh Pretty embarrassing offensive performance, to say the least. Defense finally stepped up and did uh, their job for the most part. I mean, that's all you can really ask out of a you know a Vance Joseph led unit against an Andy Reid led unit. I mean, they really will we'll go and you know jump into all the specifics and details and discuss everything that went down with the defense, offense, and special teams. Uh, before we go ahead and jump into today's episode, going over the good and the bad, and talking about some Jerry Judy trade rumors. As always, I feel like that's been the topic of discussion the last I don't know how many more episodes. Just kind of waiting for this all to go away. But J-Mac uh, J and Jordan, how are you guys doing? Doing good, man. Can't really complain. Um, the game was actually better than I thought it was going to be. But, um, yeah. I've been doing good. Uh, my New Jersey Devils got our home opening dub. So, we're 1-0. I'm, I'm, I'm doing good. So, I know the Denver Broncos lost. But I'm they're in the back view for me right now. I got my Devils winning. I got the Celtics soon. So, my sports teams right now are looking up. Uh, I'm not a big uh, hockey fan. Uh, I'm I live in Chicago, so I guess I'm just sporting the Blackhawks. We have uh, one of the, the faces of the yeah got his first goal yesterday. Saw that, yeah. so that's a W, man. Uh, that's go, something man. to celebrate. I don't think we're actually contenders by any means, but uh, <laughs> we got we got something, man. We we won four to two after going down two to zero, so that's something. But um, when it comes for the Broncos. Um, let's just go ahead and jump in. You guys want to go and jump into what went wrong for the Broncos or what was like some bright spots for the team today? Well, I think uh, to start off, you got to say the defense. I think the defense has been playing way better the last two weeks than it did over the first four. And I think it's because Vance Joseph just started to have just a little bit of common sense. But I do want to give him credit. You know, I mean, he, I'm not going to lie. The defense looks like like last year. You know, last year we did give up yards. Um, but, you know, we bend, don't break, come down in the red zone. You see that it's against the Chiefs. Regardless, you want to say, yeah, they struggle a little bit offensively. This is still the Chiefs, and one one out of five is, is fine by me. I mean, they scored 19 points. Any other team today, they probably lose this game. I mean, let's just keep it, like, just straight and simple. Um, yeah, yeah, I mean, the, that was really the bright spot of the team today was just really the defense. Uh, Patrick Sertan. Just another great performance by him. Just it, it was just a lot of great performances around the field. Um, I, I saw the one player, in my opinion, on the defense side. But I mean, the the, the run defense looks way better. Jaquan McMillan played today. He played to me great in the run game. Helped us a lot. But, but um, helped us a lot. But I mean, that was really the only bright thing I say today about today's game was just the defense. Fans also, I mean, he's got he got him playing better. Yeah, I mean, nineteen points only allowed. Probably would have thought we won this game if you would have told me only 19. Only four penalties as well. I mean, it looked like everything was going the Broncos' way. I mean, converted 40% of our third downs. The Chiefs only did 31. I mean, uh, a lot of stuff went right for the Broncos at from a certain point, at least statistically. But the offense was a uh, no-show today. Yep. Held the defense to below 100 rushing, held Pacheco uh, to under uh, 65 rushing, only allowed 3.6 yards per carry. I mean, the flip that they had from the last few weeks to this week is just remarkable. Um, and the, this Chiefs offense, they've had some, their moments to, to start off the season, but they're still the Kansas City Chiefs offense with Pat Mahomes, Travis Kelsey, Andy Reid. And they, I mean, they don't have the weapons that you would like at the wide receiver position. But like I said, there's still the, the four and one Chiefs. So, I mean, they're still putting up a lot of points on the board. So, um, 
Yeah, on, on yeah, especially especially in Arrowhead with that crowd, and then obviously all the Taylor Swift stuff and just all the noise and everything, man. All the rebuild talks going into this game, especially for the defense. All you saw this week was Ian Rappaport talking about how the Broncos are shopping multiple players in that defense, and they go out and have a performance like that. I mean, they're only allowing sixteen all the way to like the final moments of the game. I mean, it's just it's just remarkable, like the the turnaround they had. And I'm not gonna lie, we we um very sarcastically applauded. Uh, Vance Joseph for allowing 70 a few weeks ago. I think we got to applaud him for only allowing 19 this week to Pat Mahomes' offense. I mean, you go back to his time as head coach of the Broncos, they were torching us. So, I mean, with him calling the plays this time around, much better game. But, I mean, let's just talk about that offense. <sighs> My God, what? I You talk about a turnaround. How does our offense go from scoring 25 a game to the first three weeks of the season to now barely being able to put up eight points and the the final moments, your second to last drive of the game. I mean, it it's just insane, man. It I can't believe that we nearly almost suffered our our second shutout in the last like twenty five or even thirty years. Like it, it's absolutely ridiculous. Um, yeah, Russell Wilson didn't have his best game. I'm not gonna sit here and bash Russell Russell Wilson. While I do have some strong takes about our future with Russell Wilson, I will say it's just a combination of Sean Payne's play calling today, um, combination of coaching decisions, combination of just play designs, combination of Mike McGlinchey not having a great day, uh, just a common combination of a lot of different things, man. Uh, so I can't really just put pin it on Russ. I know all the rest of the NFL fans would love to do that. I mean, you talk about Russ playing. But like lights out, eleven touchdowns, two interceptions to the first five games, and then of course his first primetime game. This happens. He has ninety-five passing yards through a whole game. I mean, that wow. You tell as I don't think yeah, Russell Wilson's never done that. I don't even have to look it up. Russell Wilson has never just thrown from below hundred yards in a game. Like and two interceptions. I personally will put those two interceptions on Russ. Those are his fault. Um, so, I mean, you just talk about a quarterback you know, not being the tallest. I mean, seeing all those passes bad at the line of scrimmage, it was just a disaster for the offense today, man. There's really no excuses. Yeah, I would say for me, it was just the start of the game. You can kind of see um, it was very like Sean Payton was, again, like I said, last game going away from throwing the football. But, I mean, I just want to, you know, say this. These are two really good defenses. I mean, this isn't the same chief, de chief defense that has been the past few years. This defense is top 10 in every single category. They're playing really good football. They're they're getting pressure. And the secondary stepping up, regardless if you want to say they don't have a lot of big names. But LeJerry Sneed, um, Trey McDuffie, and these guys, I mean, they're playing good football. And Nick Bolton in the middle of it. I mean, if, if you're watching Chiefs games, man, the defense has been low-key bailing them out a little bit because the offense has not been the same since the season started. And the defense has really been – playing well and same thing last week with the Jets just a really good defense um but today you just kind of see Sean Payton just I don't think he has the complete utmost trust in these receivers and I think you know he called it, it was some plays he called that I thought was questionable I thought you know maybe be a little bit more aggressive it's against the Chiefs but I have to give it to him this game they ran the ball really well against the Chiefs uh Jaleel McLaughlin Javante they were that combination is really um really good and I mean they were moving the ball really well but it just seems like when you needed to, when they needed to make a play throwing the football Spagnola just went straight to the press just just to the press man coverage and nobody on this team can make a play on that nobody in man coverage can make a play and credit to the um you know the the broadcast they showed replays on every one of those third downs and guys were not getting open you see on the third on one of the fourth downs I think where, where um, we didn't convert a, I think it was a third down it was a play action boot 
and you just see Corlin Sutton box to the top of the screen and Jerry Judy ran, I mean, a complete half-effort route underneath. Um, I mean, just the, the offense really wasn't – it just wasn't in sync today. But I think more of it has to be with the Chiefs just playing a really good game. But it's the same thing we've seen. I mean, the offense – I never thought the offense was elite this year. I thought it was just a, a little bit – just a little little bit above kind of average offense. Yeah, no, not a fluke. I just want to say not a fluke. fluke is great. I, I will say, I will say though, those defenses we're playing, these are the actual first two defenses that are like yeah. actual above average. So yeah. that's why I kind of call it a, a fluke a little bit. I mean, I don't want to say a fluke. I'll just say it was average. Like it was a, it was an average offense, and Russ, Russ clutched us out for some of the games. But I mean. I don't. I mean, you just see the line, man. I think that was just another big issue was the offensive line, just bad. I mean, it's just it's the pass protection for me, just bad. Chris Jones lined up wherever he wanted today and ate wherever he wanted. You just just see it. I mean, Russ is out there. I mean, he's running for his life. I mean, you saw that on like soon he came out the game running for his life. And Mike McGlinchey, you paid a big right tackle. I understand it's Chris Jones, but it wasn't even just Chris Jones eating him up today. It was Carl Laftis, Dana, all these guys. I mean, and Spagnola, you know they're gonna blitz and. They just killed the offensive line. I was actually happy with the running game. Javante actually looked really good today. He averaged over five yards per carry. I thought we, we could have given him the ball a lot more, especially early on in the game. We The running attack was like super successful. I think in the first and second quarter, it was like over seven yards per carry at one point. And we kind of got away from the running game for some reason. Yeah, but I didn't understand I am, that. I'm very happy that Javante bounced back, especially from that little injury that he had. I know a lot of people were kind of, you know, dogging him for that. He looked good today. Even McLaughlin looked good. He still looks very explosive. Uh, P. Ryan had little to nothing to do with this game, especially at the end when he had that fumble. But Javante and Jaleel, I like that one-two punch in the backfield. I like, the, I like, I like how they played both a lot. Yeah, Javante looks really, really good. Breaking tackles, looking like the old Javante we know. And then Jill McLaughlin provides that extra burst. Great vision. I think Jill McLaughlin's vision is better than Javante's. I know it's very early in, to say that, but um, I think just based off of everything you see from the kid, man, I mean, he's got excellent vision. I think everybody talks about his speed, but it's really just a combination of everything for him. And Javante's, your, obviously, your yards after uh, contact guy. Um, that Samaj Piran, obviously that fumble not really being really included in the offense. I still see that that running back room is probably the best position uh, like group on our roster. I mean, I think uh, him having four catches, 73 yards last week, a lot of it was like in garbage time. But I still think I think his ability from a, as from a pass protection standpoint and just, you know, being a factor in the receiving game uh, just makes this whole you know running back room so complex uh, and unique at the same time. Um, I think that's definitely uh, something very very encouraging to go off of if you're looking at you know at the positive things out of this game. Um, but yeah, you talk about J Javante and Jaleel McLaughlin averaging north to five yards a carry. Uh, Jordan mentioned seven uh, yards a carry at one point in the first half. I mean, I just did. I was very frustrated by the fact that that was working so well for you and. You know, it was like hardly ever that we saw carry, you know, like we mentioned, go for four yards or less. And at one point we just start throwing the ball, you know, consistently. And I just I didn't really get the decision to do that. I love Sean Payton and I still think he should 
be the head coach here for the for the foreseeable future, obviously. But um, just some of the decisions to like run away from the the running game and kind of going, you know, more to the passing game when it wasn't working at all for you, just didn't really make too much sense for me. And then there's some play designs. Um, I know where they they ran a little, um, you know, boot uh, out to the right, um, kind of like a, a speed out, I guess, uh, where Russ kind of just runs right out to the, you know bootleg and has either Judy right here on the out route. And then you have uh, Cortland Sun coming across. Guys just not getting separation. But that design in general just didn't make much sense to me in that, like, yardage situation. Like, or just simply, you know, like I said, it was just a combination of everything, man. Like, we just really couldn't get one thing going right for us on offense. And it was the run game, but we just leaned away from that. And we, when we wanted to go back to it, it was, it was you know, too late. So 19-8, um, to 8, obviously a lot closer than we uh, predicted. I had 31-13 to 13 in our pregame uh, prediction. Uh, we didn't even get to scoring 13. That's just – it's crazy to me that um, – and, you know, like J-Mac said, though, a lot of credit to that Steve Spagnuolo defense. I told you guys in the pregame that defense is looking nothing short of elite. I mean, they're, they're playing their tails off. Um, they were my uh, Chiefs are my Super Bowl pick uh, before the preseason, so uh, I'm, you know, feeling very much confident with that. With how like improved their defense is playing, I know this isn't the Chiefs Avenue podcast, but just want to give uh, the flowers uh, to them. They 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 made li- life more difficult for the offense, and the offense made like life more difficult for themselves. If that makes sense, like I think we did shoot ourselves in the foot, but we just got outworked, man. We got outworked, and they had a better defense than our offense, and they just had a better game plan. Yeah, um, you say that we kind of got away from the running game. I mean, it looks like that, but you can't be predictable. And I think that's what Sean Payton wasn't trying to be. I mean, yeah, you, you can run the ball effectively, but say, for example, you run the ball in first and 10, like I saw a lot of times today, and Broncos get two yards. If you're not cracking at least three to four yards on that first run, and then, you know, you run it again on second, I mean, the Chiefs are going to just expect you. That's the only thing that's working. Then you can't be predictable with it. You have to at least pose as a threat to throw the ball and you can't you, like, I don't know if y'all get what I'm saying a little bit. Like you can't just yes. hand the ball off consistently because I mean, they still got Chris Jones and Nick Bolton. I mean, eventually they're going to like, they're, they're going to stop you. I mean, it was plays where they did stop the run a little bit, but I see why people say, you know, you got to keep running it. You can't because then, then it just comes predictable and you just know they're going to keep running the ball. doesn't matter if you run stretches, run inside, run pitches, tosses. It doesn't matter. They're going to expect to run and then you're going to eventually get stopped. I didn't mind them throwing the football. It was just that literally no one was getting open. No matter what Sean was calling, um, we couldn't just beat the man coverage. And I think that was just – that was a huge reason why we lost despite the offensive line and everything. I mean, guys just – just flat out weren't getting open. I mean, guys just – it was embarrassing just watching it, honestly. It really was. Just to show how just not good the receiving – like the, the receiving court just wasn't good today. You know, it's past games where people say, you know, they should have played better. But I think today was just – it was really the most embarrassing one because the Chiefs – Spagnola said, okay, well, we can just blitz you guys and run man and force you to beat us. And we just – we couldn't move the ball down the field anytime the Chiefs did that. And I thought the, the one that got me upset was since our running game was so good in the beginning, I thought the play-action passes were going to be a little bit more there. It would open up a lot more things, kind of how like how the Lions did against the Chiefs on uh, the opening week. But for some reason, offense wasn't clicking at all. And Sean Payne, I mean, every once in a while, play callers are going to have a bad game and stuff like that, calling the games. But this one was, like, really, really bad. Kind of, like, uncharacteristic for Sean Payne, and he knows that for sure. I mean, 
people probably said in the press conference that he has to do better and stuff, but it was just very odd because the Chiefs only scoring 19 points. I mean, it was right there for the taking. Another game that just seemed so winnable. <laughs> yeah, exactly. And uh, one of my questions for you guys, we talk about Corlin Sutton and Jerry Judy not having the best games. Um, obviously, we can debate to the end of time about Jerry Judy. Um, obviously, that stuff came out right before the game where uh, Steve Smith uh, seniors basically calling out Jerry Judy. They have some whole bunch of beef going on behind the scenes, and Jerry Judy was getting pretty, uh, you know, um, loud on the sidelines and everything during warm, uh, pregame warm-ups. And uh, he was dancing at the, behind the broadcast when Steve Smith Sr. was trying to break down some tape. Like, it, there's just a whole bunch of stuff going on between those guys. And he, you know, he basically challenged Judy to have a big game tonight. And he goes out there and only has three catches for 14 yards. And, you know, I will say, like, to preface this by saying that, you know, Russ did not have a great game, but also the offensive line didn't have a great game. And play calling wasn't as bad. Like, it's a combination of everything. And I talked about in my article today in Predominantly Orange, like, the wide receiver position so dependent on every single play, all other 10 players on the offense. Like it's just not just like a Jerry Judy get open and live up to your potential type thing. Like, yeah, you can get open, but is he going to always get the rock? No, we've, we've seen it on tape multiple times, but today I will say I'm kind of not so, I don't know. I'm not so moved by the games that Jerry Judy and Corlin Sun had. I will say Corlin Sun. Oh my God, that catch unbelievable but uh great touchdown hell of a catch but um overall my question for you guys before i ramble on more i mean do you guys see both of these guys getting traded within the next few weeks uh you know by the deadline or do you see like the broncos keeping one of them for at least the second half of the season um i mean one i agree with everything you said first about the game and the games they were having today was probably the worst performance i've seen from our receivers in a while just I mean, they just weren't getting open, like I said before. Man coverage, and they just couldn't win. It was times where Russ did have time to throw the ball, and just nobody – like, he. you just see him looking like, especially on the fourth down, him just having all the time, rolling out. No one's there. You got to run out of bounds. I mean, it was just a lot of that. Um, About the trade, I think you can't trade both because if you trade both, then the offense is just – like, what is the offense if you trade both at that point? Like, you're not going to be able – and I, I feel like – after watching this game, both of I would say Corlin's maybe kind of stay the same a little bit, but Jerry Judy's trade price definitely plummeted. Just even just what he did to in the Steve whole Steve Smith thing and the game he had. Um, so if I had to pick one that I think is gonna be traded, I, I I still don't think Judy's gonna be traded. I still think that's just I think Bronco fans are just preparing for the worst with that one. I just seen so many posts of goodbye Tim, goodbye Judy. I I don't think. Judy's still going to get moved. I think it's a very high chance, but I just don't see it happen. I don't see the Broncos really taking anything less than a third-round pick. Um, but that's why I think Sutton will probably be the guy to get moved. But that's just me. I mean, I, I think Sutton is just the guy. I think more teams are going to probably call for Sutton. I know Baltimore really wanted him. I know New England's going to be in the mix. But I did hear the, uh, the Colts did call about Jerry Judy. I don't know, man. I, I just don't see a scenario where Broncos trading for anything less than a third-round pick then in they actually moving on I me mean, because if you move on for both of them like i said what is that telling russ for this the rest of the season like i mean you're one in five like we all know the season shot but i mean russ is still gonna be like i mean come on man like you're already not playing you're, you're not playing greg Dolchik. we don't we don't really the marvin i mean it's just gonna be russ and marvin Mims season for the rest of the season i mean it's gonna be marvin Mims, brandon johnson and maybe little jordan humphrey i mean that is just that's worse than we have now. I think that's just a that's just bad to do that to Russ. I 
I'm gonna just go on to say I think one of them gets traded. Most likely sudden in my opinion. Just sudden in my opinion. And I think Judy will stay. For me, I've always been on the Sutton route, him being traded before Judy. But the more and more I think about it, and just from what I can tell and know, I think that has flipped a bit. I think, if anything, the first receiver is going to be traded to Judy. And I don't think it's because Mm -hmm. Judy – it's not because they want to trade him, uh, which there's a whole bunch of conflicting reports. But at this point, I think Judy would, would want out of Denver. Um, there's no point of him being here in Denver, especially if he's going to lead the team in uh, receiving separation this game and not get the ball. So I think he should want his way out for sure. If he still wants to stay in Denver, I think, again, Cortland, I'll stay with my initial prediction. Cortland will be the first one to go. I think that Baltimore deal, if I'm being quite honest, I don't know why that wouldn't be off the table as of yet. I think he'd be a perfect match in Baltimore. He can thrive over there. Um, but I'm starting to lean more towards the fact that Judy can be gone just because of him not wanting to be here because if they're not going to feed him or nothing like that and his targets, air yards are going to be five yards for the whole game while Kelsey and Son are over nine, might as well not even be here. I mean, at one point, Ryan Fitzpatrick even said, on the halftime report, hey, let's get the ball to Judy past the line of scrimmage this half and let's see what he can do. But, again, that did not happen. So, I think at this point, it's looking more likely like Judy is going to be the one. But we'll see how that plays out. There's a whole bunch of conflicting reports out there. So, it's going to be uh, it's going to be an interesting long week ahead. So, Yeah, I know. You mentioned that in our pregame. Uh, it's kind of like a mini bye week, so the Broncos will have a lot of decisions to make. Um, Judy only five targets tonight. Uh, Sutton had six. Marvin Mims did not have a single target. It's just very interesting the way this entire receiver room has just been utilized this, to the start of the season. Literally, it's just a dumpster fire. I don't I don't know how else to say it. There's so much. I won't say there's a lot of talent in the receiver room, but there's potential, and they're just like, I don't know, Russ, Sean Payton, guys not getting open. Like, it's just been a dumpster fire, man. And honestly, you guys know how I feel. I'm going to keep Jerry Judy. I said he should be a part of, uh, you know, the rebuild if he was willing to stay. Um, but honestly, I would not be mad at all if we trade Jerry Judy to an NFC team, NFC contender, and let him ball out. Let him go to the 49ers. They're going to be competing for a Super Bowl. That uh, he would absolutely ball out. I don't really know how much their how their depth charts looking right now, but um, I'm sure he would uh, ball out over there. Um, and then obviously you got Corlin Sutton. I don't know where he would really go, but I would. I'm willing to get off that contract. Um, obviously that touchdown catch definitely. I wouldn't say boosted his value a lot, but I'm gonna definitely put him out there. Uh, for the eyes of a lot of executives. But um, I, at this point, man, I you guys already know how I feel. Like, I think a fire sale needs to happen, and I think it will happen. Um, I think a lot of people are going to be shocked by uh, how many people are – I won't say a lot of players are, but I think a lot of people are going to be shocked by how many starters get dealt within the next few weeks. Yeah, and I ain't going to we can't give Judy to San Francisco. That's just – that's just like it's we're not, one thing we're not trade- competing for a Super Bowl within the next oh, two yeah, years. Yeah. So yeah, but you have like it has to be a bat like you have to have some like you can't just give Judy up because most likely not San Francisco is gonna give you like a third for uh, like a third round pick for San Francisco is might as well be a fourth round pick. You have to bounce that back. San Francisco, regardless of what you unless it's just a first round pick lock, everything else is gonna be a round back. Like, cause they're gonna be at the bottom. They're 
they're probably gonna unless they have a pick that's like in unless they have a pick that's like from a different team that they already traded for i don't i don't know the research on that but yeah. um you do make up a good point like they're gonna have the 32nd 31st 30th yeah. pick so whatever like, it is i mean and plus like you i know this may sound wrong i want julia to thrive wherever but you don't want to go to a team that's just gonna make us look completely awful like that's just he goes to san francisco with kyle Sands gonna uh, be i know jordan disagrees Hey, bro, I, I know, but I'm just saying, like, I'm, I'm thinking from a Broncos fan. Like, as a Judy, like, Judy, yeah, yo, he going to go crazy San Francisco. Of course, Brandon, him and Brandon Ayuk are almost the same in in a lot of ways. But, I mean, you can't, like, you know how bad that would make Denver look if we trade him to San Francisco and Kyle Shanahan gets his hands on Jerry Judy? I mean, I just, no. Nah. Good. Make let him make us look bad, man. I mean, Jordan, I know you got me here because, like, the dude, the dude deserves to ball out, man. Like, from a, from a, like a fan, just of like Jerry Judy, he deserves the best. He he really does, and I think it's about time he actually gets a damn offense that'll utilize him properly. And it's not going to be in the I AFC, agree. so it's not that big yeah. of an issue. At this point, I don't like we can trade him. Let's say like the Panthers, and he does whatever he does there. He's when he becomes a free agent, he's not going to stick with Carolina. He's going to pick no. his own team. And then let it be an AFC team, and then we'll see how he really is with a Miami team or because when he's a free agent, he can sign with whoever. So I wouldn't, oh I wouldn't doubt if he comes back to the AFC West and just tries to terrorize us for two year, uh, two twice a year. So yeah, so it doesn't Chiefs even matter team. at that point. Yeah, nah, so we, we already know the Chiefs need a wide receiver one. So, <laughs> but at this point. No. It looks like where we, we trade him to, I don't think he's going to stick there unless it's a team that he likes. But I think people have to understand he's a free agent in just a year. So he's going to pick his team, and people are going to be mad about it. And when he terrorizes us, they're going to be mad. So I'm, I'll just be uh, sitting back and relaxing. I won't argue, and I'm going to beat each other. If we trade him to any team in the AFC, I want it to be New England. I don't want him to go to any good AFC team. Cause that's just bad. Like, why do that to yourself? Like, I, I, I would trade him to contend. Trade him to a team like Detroit. Trade him to a team that he's he'll get the ball. He can thrive. But don't, don't, don't make a team a pot. Like, I think the limit is Dallas. Don't give him the Philly. Don't give him the San Francisco. Don't give him the Miami. Like, that's just like, like, come on, man. Like, eventually, the goal is gonna have to be to beat them. Like, what? Like, come on, man. You can't give him the Kyle Shanahan or you can't Mike McDaniel. Like these guys are just going. Oh, we got Judy. Okay. He's it funny. It's funny how all these contending teams want him, but our own team. But I digress. <laughs> yeah, that's it. It's going to a, He's going to contender regardless, J Mac. So I, there, it's not going to be like a mid garbage team that trades for him. Like there's going to be a contender that's willing to be like, yeah, f the picks. Let's go ahead and make a run at the Super Bowl. Nah, I don't know. I don't know if that's entirely true because. It, it, it just really depends on the team. I think, like, I think the Colts would risk it enough to come off, like, a second or third round pick for him. I think it's the same way with Sutton. I think – now, Sutton, I would completely – like, I think Baltimore – I think they offered us a second. or Like, what was the yeah. trade in the offseason? Yeah, I ain't going to lie. Broncos would take that. But, I mean, like, that's when, – when trades like that are on the table for those guys, I think – if you get a second for both of them, I think at that point you have to, like – trade both of them at that point because those are offers you just really can't pass up so day two picks for both of your wide receivers yeah i think you got to do that but if i'm not getting rid of Judy for a fourth round pick to uh seattle or one of these teams to the rams like i'm not getting i'm not doing that like that's just that you point you're, just forfeiting stuff. you're not you're not trained son for a fourth no i said judy oh okay i was gonna say yeah i no, think uh, i'm so not trained 
I mean, Sutton for a fourth is like that's that's okay. what his max value is because like I I think I told you wrong they they were trying to get a third for him but they couldn't get anybody to really like bite too much on that and they're trying to get a second for Judy and they just wouldn't they wouldn't bite on that either so that's why they're they're Broncos right now but I would I would bet you that their that value has gone down by one pick so Judy's probably at a third at the highest I don't see him going for a second personally and then Sun the highest you're gonna get is a fourth for him especially with that contract. I mean, I he might get restructured, but I mean, I mean, he doesn't have that many years left on it. But he has like what two years left on it. Yeah, and he could get a restructured. restructured yeah, no, no, no. So. I don't think the contract's gonna be a problem. I think you you can legit get a third for Sutton. I feel like there's teams desperate enough out there for wide receiver that would give you a third round pick. Because I mean, like you honestly think New England wouldn't take Corlin Sutton for a third round pick right now? I mean, what's the point? <laughs> They're I mean, going for I, Caleb. I, I mean, but like I'm just saying, like it's teams out there that you can. I just think. Team, you can't be lazy. Like, you can't say, well, the first team that calls, we're going to give them to them for whatever. No, 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 no. Take your time. Wait yeah. for teams to call. Put your offers on the table. Because a lot of teams do that. That's why a lot of these star players be getting traded for six-round picks because teams just don't feel like sitting there and fielding offers for these players. No. Take your time, man. Because let me – I don't want us to trade Corlin Sutton for a fifth-round pick. Like, at that point, you might as well just keep him, like, for a fifth-round pick. Man. Oh, and uh, by the way, for – Tonight's game, because I know a lot of people like to say stuff without knowing anything. Uh, the stats just came out for receiver separation. The league average is 2.9, and uh, Court Sutton today had 2.32, so that's below average. And uh, Jerry Judy had 4.14. And then the lead uh, for Kansas City, uh, Travis Kelsey had 4.8. So that's that. Yeah, I mean, we're playing 20 yards off. I think that it's very easy for Kelsey oh to get that God. separation. The, um, even Patrick Sertan Sr. even tweeted, uh, you know, when it's PSU's dad literally tweeting it out saying that all the off man is complete garbage, then you know, that, you know that you're doing something wrong. But th there was some plays where I can't lie. Like, I think it was a third down where, like, they masked this blitz really, really well. I thought I there were some plays where I love the way it was designed by VJ. I can't lie. But there, at the beginning of the game, there were just too much, like, too much zone coverage, really, really bad. Um, but I will say red zone D was really nice today. Yeah, um, I'm glad you brought that up, Amir. I totally forgot to bring that up. Was just the bad zone coverage. It was like a third down on like the drive. I think Casey got the 19 points, like got to 19. It was, yeah, it was a third down. They ran, I think I'm 90% sure. I can't really remember if it was five wide or not. I think it was five wide. It was, it was a play to Rasheed Rice. Yeah, Fans yeah. Joseph. Fans Joseph. It's five wide. On third and two, why is Patrick Sertan playing 10 yards off the receiver? Why Why are the outside corners playing 10 yards off? Why? It's five wide. You already know they're just going for the first down. They're not taking a shot. I just well, I don't again, think it's the problem that they had five because they don't know what they're rolling with before the the play is called, but or like yeah. after the play is called. But the the fact that he had people players 20 yards off in that yardage situation, I think that's the issue. But third and two. Like, yeah, exactly. You know, at that point in the game, you should any like good DC is gonna say, okay, we're gonna run man here because it's third and two. They're gonna they're playing the two clock. They're playing for the field goal to win the game. So, you, like, you get what I'm saying? So it's like okay, and especially they go out five wide. And again, I've said it time and time before. Alex Singleton and Josie Jewell, I love them, but they're not cover linebackers. What was the game plan today? In in like the first quarter or whatever. 
Alex Singleton coverage against Travis Kelsey, draw back zone against Kelsey. I mean, it's little things like that make me really like, it just makes me go back to when Banjos gave up 70. Like what? Like Travis Kelsey having a hundred, almost a hundred yards in the first, he had a hundred yards before the first half ended. Just wide open. I'm like, how did Travis, I've never seen us play the Chiefs and Travis Kelsey is that wide open running across the middle of the field. You just can't have that. And then finally, and I, I, will, I will applaud him for this. He finally realized he put Patrick Sertan on him. Like he should have been the entire game. But it's just, man, that zone, dog. So uh, the rest of the uh, separation stats came out so far. Three starting wide receivers. So Brandon Johnson was our was our third starting wide receiver. Then Sutton and Judy. Uh, Brandon. It just came out that Brandon Johnson had 1.8 yards of separation. And then it was some with 2.3 and then Judy of four. So just uh so I'm that's what I'm gonna tell you guys. That's what I'm gonna tell people. Like there's so much lack of talent on this team. Time to blow it up. Time to blow it up. It's been the wide receiver. I mean, like, I don't know what it is. I like I can't exactly put my finger on it, but I, I know for sure today it was just they couldn't win in man coverage. But I mean, I'm still on board with the just you need a new receiving core. Like I feel like it's it's been time is due. I know everybody wants to take for Caleb, but if we somehow end up with that third pick and Marvin Harrison is available at three, like I feel like that's still just football God's blessing us at this point because I, I don't see a scenario where even next season, really even in the targets. You said what? He'll do really good with four targets. He'd be like a master. I mean, he's gonna get more targets. He has to get more targets and four targets. If you drive Marvin, you drive Marvin Harrison Jr. third overall and he doesn't Well, I mean, ball. he is a former Blentikov college winner, which is the top wide receiver in, in college. Judy, he too. They won that award, and we also have one on our team, too. But he's he brings up a good point, man. Two really talented receivers. You can't really just sit here and say Marvin Harrison isn't going to be treated like similarly to how Judy is, assuming that they don't rebuild, but th- they're going to rebuild. So. Well, no, I mean, hey, J Mac might have a point. Maybe instead of only getting four or five yards of separation, maybe Harrison can get seven or eight. So we'll see. You never know. Yo. You never know. Yeah, I don't know, man. I mean, man, it's like, I mean, at this point, what can you do? He's not getting the ball. Like, I mean, just, I mean, before today, I, I think today was just more of like a, today was more of just like a, he just, Judy wasn't himself today. But just in the other games, I mean, if he, like I said before, if he's not going to get the ball, you just got to get rid of him. You got to bring in somebody new. That's just the truth. It wasn't himself today and still was above the garbage getting open. That's crazy. Yeah, I mean, but Jordan, like, yes, that's true. But that's, that's only on a certain, like, they're running man. And it's obvious. They're, I'm, they're showing that Judy is just not getting open. I, I don't know if it, that's on every, like, I don't know if he's doing this on plays that's not designed for him or what it is. But it's plays where on third down or on second and long, whatever it is, that Russ is scanning to go down the field. And you could tell you could watch him going through all the reads and no one's just open. I mean, it's gotta be some explanation for that. I got you. Hey, I I understand. I, I'm I am sympathizing with you guys. He cannot only be four yards open. He needs to get his ass and be That's 10 to 20 I'm... yards open. He has to make it known to Peyton and Russ I'm, I'm that there's me. nowhere near him. Okay. You know, like in COVID, where we had to uh to uh, social distancing, he needs to have that type of spacing on the field. <laughs> and he All does. Right. He uh, does. No, that's not what I'm saying. I mean, like, that 
that specific stat can be taken just a little bit out of context because he could be getting open on those plays and the play could break down and Russ checks it down. You get what I'm saying? Because they're going by every single route he runs. So that could be plays where he can't even get the ball. You get what I'm saying? It, it could be plays where literally the play could break down or Russ goes to his first read right off rip. But that also has to do with what I'm saying. He's just – it's times where he – yeah, he just won't get the ball. But I'm saying today – like, Jordan, you have to, like, I don't know if you want to admit it, but today, like, Judy just wasn't himself today. I understand, yeah, the average separation was over the league average, but it was, mo it was more plays that he was, that they had him boxed in man coverage than it was him being open. Boxed. Oof. All right. No, hey, I, if that's what you think, hey, go ahead. That's you. <laughs> yeah. All right, so we talked about the good, uh, the red zone defense, really nice. Javante, Jalil McLaughlin. Uh, last last thing I want to hit on today, I think Nick Benito had a really good game. Um, we don't talk a lot of uh, a lot of people aren't talking a lot about it because he didn't show up in this, you know, the sacks column like he has the last two weeks with you know two sacks in each of the games and back to back weeks. But this week, man, I saw him getting after the quarterback. I don't know if I was it was just me. I saw some other people on Twitter that saw it, but he was he was getting after the quarterback. He had a lot of near sacks. Um, I think he had a few uh, QB hits, but I thought he was getting some good pressure today. I think um, I'm going to definitely uh, bite my words, uh, you know, from early in the offseason. I think he could actually be something for us, man. We need to make sure that uh, we're, you know, putting the right pieces around him. And, um, you know, this game obviously was so weird where, like, Ronnie Perkins was the only other li linebacker outside of Jonathan Cooper and Nick Benito. Like it, I just feel like there's got to be more of like a committee type thing. And obviously with Frank uh, Clark, uh, you know, expecting to get traded within the next 24 to 48 hours. Um, I thought that was really interesting how they went about that. It's almost like you look like you're just purposely tanking at that point. But um, yeah, just the, the way that they've made certain players inactive. I mean, Elijah Garcia was just randomly in, inactive today, um, even with DJ Jones out. I know they uh, elevated Tyler Lancaster, but um, just very interesting, uh, you know, decisions on that front. But um, I, 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 I just would like to, you know, give Nick, Nick Benito his flowers. I mean, he has five and a half sacks on the year. Um, I think that, yeah, that's top 10 in the league. I think even top eight, top seven. Um, so he's playing really, really good football, man. He he deserves some credit. Um, he not he may not be the most dominant and consistent pass rusher, but I did see him getting after the quarterback today. Yeah, I mean, he made me buy my words too, um, a lot. And I, I have to say, I mean, you know, he's playing like one of the better one right now, one of the one of the better edge rushers in football right now. I mean, if you just watch the game, he's nearly getting at the quarterback a lot. Like, I mean, and he made me buy my words a lot in I'm not going to lie, me and you called for him to step up, and he stepped up to the plate. But as far as the availability and everything goes, I mean, we traded Randy Gregory and Frank Clark doesn't want to be here. And Baron Browning is still hurt. I mean, I think that that's most of the depth right there. Um, I miss Nkum was just an inactive for no reason. Yeah, Like that, I mean, you can't have just, a fourth edge rusher? Like, well, like, well, what are we doing here? You look like you're literally tanking, bro. Like, And Drew Sanders not getting any time at edge? What the fuck are we doing? You want to make Nick Benito fucking Von Miller? Like, come on, man. I'm sorry, yeah, but I mean, it just didn't make sense. No, yeah, the, the whole availability. It, it has a lot to do with injuries, and they just can't play guys. But it's no excuse for just giving guys that can go at that position healthy scratches. Like, you have guys sitting on the sideline that's not going to play. Like, if, at least put some guys in that can help the – Help the passer a little bit because literally Jay Coop and Benito was in there every single play. <laughs> Bro, like, what are we doing? <laughs> like Look like you're. Like, 
I don't I don't get it. But so that's gonna be it for today's episode. Hope you guys enjoyed. If you guys are listening on YouTube, make sure you guys hit the like button and subscribe. Help us get to 2k subs. All your support is greatly appreciated. Make sure you guys uh comment down below. Um always love reading your feedback as always. Uh make sure you guys if you're listening on Spotify and that podcast, make sure you guys follow the five star rating and turn notifications on so you never miss an episode of the Broncos Avenue podcast. Plenty more episodes coming this week, plenty of live streams, got a lot of content coming out for you guys. Um, and then uh yeah. Got even maybe some uh, player interviews uh, within the you know relative uh, future. Um, we'll we'll keep you guys up to date with that. Um, but as always, I'm your host Amir Farrow with my co-hosts Jay Mac and Jordan. Till the next episode, peace out, everybody.